Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special edition of the Transfer Portal presented by No Context CFB. I am Doug, hosting for a second and hopefully not the last time. And here we have our colleagues, Andrew and Lauren. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Hello. Happy signing day. Happy signing day, indeed. Uh, how do you guys feel about your classes so far? Um, I am so proud that a and the number one class in the nation. Um, it just seemed to get better all throughout the day. I wake up this morning and Jake Johnson's committed and Jake Johnson committing insinuates a little big brother following. Um, and it just kept getting better. Woke up from a nap to a new recruit, Anthony Lucas. Shout out him. Um, his recruiting notification is what woke me up from my nap. So it's been a beautiful day. There you go. A and M, top ranked class right now. And Andrew, your Golden Gophers. In Wisconsin, we'll take it. That's all I need to say. We have a group Wisconsin, good. we take it. That's good. Cannot complain. As for my dogs, it's a very mixed bag. Because in one situation, we have a great class. But the other hand, it should have been better. It should have been better. Lost one of our best targets to rival in Florida, Kamari Wilson. But all in all, cannot complain. I don't blame him. Like our secondary, recruit heavily in secondary this class. So I don't blame him for going to Florida, try to get immediate playing time. It makes sense. Can never be mad at a kid for flipping. And to start things off, speaking of flipping, we have Travis Hunter going from Florida State, rumored to be Georgia for a while, but nope, Jackson State University. What are your thoughts on the number one overall recruit going to the FCS? Starting off with Andrew. It's not weird. I don't hate it. I, I don't hate the move at all for him. I think that if you have a chance to go play for Deion Sanders, one of, if not the greatest corners of all time, and you are a corner, I don't think really going to the FCS hurts you that much. He's going to play right away. He's going to showcase his talent in the FCS. A lot of talent in the FCS, by the way. But he's going to he's gonna be fine. I don't think that this is a bad move. In fact, I actually think this is a really good move for both parties. I like that. I like that. Lauren? Yeah, I'm going to emphasize a bunch of that. I think it makes a lot of statements about where college football is today. We're seeing a trend in top guys, meaning FCS, HBCUs, and all that. And it's really cool and awesome to watch that kind of happen throughout a lot of their careers, showing that they're here not just to go play for, you know, the FSU brand, which, you know, kind of seems they, I think they collapse as a fan base today but just watching it grow so much more throughout just like college football and what that's turning into today, because it's something that we haven't seen before. It used to be, you know, you go to the biggest name, that's what gets you drafted. And now, especially in the um, NIL era where these guys can go to the smaller schools and still make some money and probably even be drafted as well, highly likely. And like Andrew said, learning from the best too. So Definitely a great decision. As long as it's the best decision for him, I'm super stoked for it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of pans out. I've seen, you know, those players before that you're like, why did you do that? And it, you know, it's what's best for him and his family. Yeah, 
yeah, no, like both of you guys hit the nail on the head, like best for him and his family. And I was playing a big part of it, but it could be, he could have gotten the bag anywhere, but Dion being Dion greatest corner that I've seen in my lifetime. Like that's another big um, influence. And Dion has shown he can connect with the kids. He's been coaching high school for a while and then moved up to Jackson state. The players connected Jackson state was actually good. So, you know, it necessarily isn't clearly a money grab. There's a lot to like about this. Movie. Like you said, it opens up the pipeline for HBCUs. It opens up the pipeline, the attention to the SWAC and the MIAC and all these schools. Like there's different ways to make it to the league. And if Travis succeeds, then you'll see a lot more players flooding to not only Jackson State, but you'll see them flooding to uh, Southern. You'll see them flooding to Tennessee State. You'll see them flooding everywhere else if they get their acts together. I'm not saying that they don't have to act together, but I'm saying, like, in general, they will. You will see an influx going. Um, all in all, like, just props to them. Like, capitalize on the market that's there. I'm just worried that because he picked specifically HBCU and FCS, that people are going to try to change NIL laws, um, change NIL framework, so that way this would be more so a one-time thing rather than something that should happen more frequently. And that's my worry. So um, I'm just curious to see how this era does shape up and hopefully things go well for Travis and Jackson State. Uh, moving forward, um, so Lauren, go into more about Texas A&M. Jimbo, remember Jimbo said, I believe he said that the NIL, it's just legal now because this was going on forever. And I'm just amazed as to that class because a and not only just recruiting like four and the odd five-star, like they're recruiting every five-star that's out mm-hmm. here. Like that top 10 is literally littered with A&M. Like it's either have, either they've signed already or three of them already have crystal balls to the top 10 and not even all of them are from Texas. Like, so just go into that machine Jimbo's building, even with Elko, even for Duke, like mm-hmm. just, I'm just surprised that I kept at least one or two. Yeah, I I want to start out by saying, you know, Jimbo Fisher is an incredible recruiter and the recruitment team he's created is absolutely insane. Um, I've got some friends who work on it and just listening and all they've done this season to try and get these kids secured has been really insane. Um, I know we are, you know, trying to seal the deal with a couple guys waiting on Evan Stewart to sign and all those people. But it's one of those classes that you look at and you look at I think where it shows is that A&M is going to be the type of team next season that is a young roster with so much talent that the coaches are going to have to develop and where that's kind of scary to think about. It's something that looks very obvious because it's nonstop filled kids who everyone's like, um, this kid's spending three years in college and this one too, and this one too. So whenever you look at that list down, you know, you pull up A&M commits. I think we have like 25 of them right now at number one. Um, it's loaded. It's scary. Um, I, um, I wouldn't, I guess what I would honestly just note so much of it too is how well, like this past year's group of guys, um, that played on the team this season 
were able to conduct themselves and declare and, you know, create success. Even guys who aren't, you know, declaring Isaiah Spiller declared a year early for going senior season. And then just seeing how those guys have used NIL has really benefited A&M. Um, College Station is Aggieland as it is known and those players were making money and I'm sure that really helped too as soon as you are a recruit pulling into College Station and you drive by the t-shirt shop and there's 10 guys on the roster that have t-shirts selling and you're walking down the road and people are wearing Jalen Weidemeyer shirts and Isaiah Spiller shirts and all this. I think truly it's beautiful that it was such a team effort strongly believe of securing this type of class because it's it's insane, and it does not look like we are done yet <laughs> at all. Yeah, as a rival, I hope you guys are done. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Like, I feel like the difference between Jimbo and Sumlin when they're recruiting is that, one, there's a lot more buy-in with this current crop, and two, like, it's a different – it feels like a family element, at least from, like, what you described. So got to give props to a And then on the flip side, Andrew, do you have like any teams that look at least looking at their classes that kind of like disappointed or like that should be that had like bad days or any surprises on the negative side that popped out to you? You know, I'm not really focused on the negatives because right now we can't really tell all the stuff they haven't played it down in college. But I, I know what you mean with that. Um, my question is UCLA 12 commits, you, you finished below Illinois, you feel you finished below Minnesota, you finished below Vandy. Now Vandy just stacks recruits. They don't have a single four star. You finished below Arizona. You finish. you're on the West coast. You're in one of the most talent rich States. What the heck are you doing? That, that's really all I have. UCLA is a disappointment. Uh, another disappointment. And this is, no bias, Wisconsin. Wisconsin has one four-star, and they got out-recruited by Minnesota in, yeah, kind of in general. So Wisconsin getting out-recruited by Minnesota is also another hit, the second hit they've taken in the last month. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of it. Everyone else kind of played either up to expectations or above. But I'm, I'm very interested to see how some of these top classes uh, perform. Like, obviously, A&M with the top class in the country – Penn State had a, a pretty decent class. Texas had a pretty decent class. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch over the next few years. Yeah, no, like, I feel like people have hit the nail on the head with Chip. Like, he can coach talent. He just hates recruiting. And you saw that with Mullen. But the thing that killed Mullen is that he was also crappy. And for this regressed. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's a harmless dork. But at the same time, he can um, – when the X's and O's aren't X's and O'ing, that's going to get you fired. Like, you can be a good coach, help develop players and hate recruiting, or you can be great recruiting, suck at developing players, and you hope that the talent can actually just out-talent schemes. Mullen was doing neither, and he had to go. Chip's at least coaching those guys. And, like, UCLA did look pretty fun for at least what – they looked at, uh, played at, at some phases. But, yeah, the UCLA is pretty bad. The one that stuck out to me was Florida State. Don't get me wrong, Florida State had a pretty good class, top 20. Um, 
class, but practically every single big name recruit down there were in for this. I mean, today flipped. You had a recruit flip to Tennessee. You had Hunter going to Jackson, um, Jackson State. You had you kept on losing guys to practically every single school, and this is. 24 hours after they gave Mike Norvell an extension, which one, if you're going to give an extension, at least to help boost signing day, you got to give it at least like a week or two earlier to show us job security. But no, that's the one disappointment me. And then the other one, I would say Florida, but they, like I said, they stole Wilson from us. So I'm not really going to say a disappointment. they Doing better because Billy's much more engaged, but new coaches, not a lot of time for early signing day. Can't really fault them there. So, like, that's why you see some of these classes, like USC's classes are near the gutter. Same thing with Washington. And then you have Miami's also in the gutter. Like, they're just trying to get guys in. It's just the nature of the early signing day. Um, so, Speaking of early signing day, quick pop-up question. Do you think that they should move it back? I mean, to like January so that coaches can actually like recruit? Or like move it forward to like say July when everything's sort of like settled before the season? And so that way it's like because I feel that at least for me, I feel that early signing day. It puts you behind the eight ball two years, at least two years if you don't fire a coach by like October, because you got to conduct your coaching search, finish it up by November, have your coach sign early December when the season's over, practical practically, and then boom, signing days what two weeks after this early December. So, like there's some cases that you're lucky, like Joe McGuire and Baylor, uh, Texas Tech when you left Baylor, but you're not going to get it like that. Or Clay Helton in Tennessee, uh, not Tennessee, Georgia Southern. So you won't get cases like that usually, but in general, thoughts on like moving early signing day? I'll go for it. So I really think early signing day is super beneficial, especially, I mean, the only way I could see you moving it into January is if you did it like January 3rd, which would kind of be weird with holidays and stuff. Um, but I think it's really beneficial for the kids that are going to show up to campus, you know, the second week of January, I know there's guys moving in like January 7th in college station. So I think of those kids who are like, okay, um, I'm buying my stuff. I'm like driving to college station, um, or like, you know, wherever their school is, when do I get to officially put pen to paper here? I think that'd be the difficult part of pushing it back. I think truly the biggest benefit of early signing day is the kids who are the longtime commits that are like, like, I'm here, please just let's put it to paper because I'm tired of everyone thinking I'm flipping whenever I'll be here forever. Um, I think those are the kids that really benefits. Um, I think of it more a lot in the athlete benefit, not as much coaches where it is, like you said, if you just fired your head coach, I think LSU today kind of showed that pretty well. Um, It's going to be a little rough. Um, but it's one of those that the teams that are secure with their coaches are going to benefit from it, but of course they're going to benefit from it because that's what they've been doing all year long here with those kids. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah. I mean, I kind of view it from two aspects. There's the, 
the schools that are the for sure programs, the A&Ms, the Bamas, the LSUs, the to an extent, Florida States, the it, at times USC's. And then I kind of view the smaller programs that if they don't have a for sure head coach, like, I don't know, Illinois, if Brett Bielma sucked a little bit more or. I'm, I'm struggling to think of names right now, but if you have a coach that's not like 100% there, why would a, why would a recruit go to a, a place, for, like commit to a coach and a program, and then yeah. maybe a year later, that coach is gone? That That's why we see so many portals. Like the, these coaches are gone a year or two after these guys are recruited. So I think the early signing day is very beneficial for the big programs. Like, of course, you want to go early to Alabama. You get to be – you spend more time with the coaches at Alabama, Nick Saban, the facilities, the uh, spring semester. And then you also have the smaller schools where it's like, well, do I really want to give up my final semester at high school? Or maybe I can't graduate early and I have to spend last time here. And I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking early signing day is too beneficial for the big colleges without giving the smaller guys a little bit more of a chance. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I mean, from the player perspective, you guys are right. Like, early Sunday day is beneficial for them for a lot of cases. So, like, I feel like this might be a little too high level, but, like, do you have any ideas, like, how you fix it so it's, like, a more level playing field? I mean, then again, it's, like, college, so there's no real level playing field. I don't think there could be, honestly. Um, You know, there's schools that want to wait till the last part of the season to fire their coach. And even like February for some of them is too early at that point. You know, you look at, I keep referencing LSU because they keep cracking me up right now, but like LSU right now, how is he about to build those relationships with those kids? And I think he had two months, right, right around there Mm -hmm. to really sell them on a program that someone, you know, from Notre Dame coming into Baton Rouge, like things that are crazy and everyone's going, are you sure you're going to fit in here? Are you sure I'm going to fit in at your program while I'm also here? I think at that point you start, you know, hitting the slope of February 3rd is too soon, but you know, you're reaching a point where paperwork's got to be filled out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, sorry to cut you off, Doug, but I think Mm -hmm. to an extent, February 3rd can be too early, but at at that point, it's like, what isn't too early? Because it's not just getting athletics. Like you see normal college kids. Like I just, I'm in my freshman year. I had to, apply to this place in November and then all the paperwork that takes months and months. Cause there's so many kids coming into a university, especially a big one that plays FBS D one football. So I think February is fine. I think there's not really an even way to put it because money is going to rule all as it always does. So you're going to see these Bama's LSU's A&M's with the better classes it is unfortunate for the smaller programs, but it's really, what can you do? I don't really think there's much you can do. If there was something you could do, maybe move back early signing day a few weeks, but what does that really do? Putting it like two weeks ahead of national signing day. Like what, what does, what benefit does that give? Yeah. I pause this to let y'all know that I'm going to say his name wrong and I'm so sorry. He's going to be an Aggie too. So also, Doug, please do not bully me. This is not my fault. Dion sure. Bowie is officially assigned Aggie. He officially chose the Ags over Georgia. Okay. It's okay. I'm sorry, Doug. <laughs> I yeah, got the I mean, alert. Oh, no. <laughs> he said, right. 
I'll live. It's okay. We return to your signing day. <laughs> we shall not return to signing day. Oh, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, we we return to your normally scheduled programming. There we go. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Return to your normally scheduled program. Um, yeah, but my thought mainly for early signing day is like maybe put a cap on the number of people that can sign early but even then just trying to work out who will sign early and then you get hurt feelings and yeah it's not really pretty you turn to a slippery slope so like don't the last thing i'll say on this about signing is that i was reading somewhere i forgot where but they said that basically if you miss out on early signing day you just hit the portal hard because a lot of these kids will sign early at these schools and then they lose battles and then they transfer and you could backfill your classes that way, like down the line. Uh, Do I add something? Uh, Emory sure. Jones has entered the transfer portal. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, he, he will do well at FIU. So, um, Being yeah, a no, nervous, it, don't you think? Uh, I want to be nice. I don't want to say what I truly thought about him. Like I did Bo Nix. Cause I think Emery's a nice kid and I don't think anything was really handed to him. So I'm not going to go out there and say he belongs somewhere. So I'm just going to be nice and not trying to do anything to Emery, but it was time. It was clearly obvious that Anthony was the better QB from the jump, but alas, that's why the coach is not coaching there anymore. I wish he was though. Generally wish he was, but, um, yeah, so back it's funny of the back to the portal. Like you see some of these Michigan State backfilled their uh, roster with the portal, and next thing you know, they're in New Year Six. And then you have other cases like Texas State did it, and now Spav is stinking it up apparently. So it's a big mix, but like that's at least where I see it going for smaller schools. Which again, I do feel bad for some of the players that are like borderline three stars that might have to be like FBS level that are, I mean, that are FBS level, but you have a lot of these smaller like conference USA schools taking backfills from the larger G5s or even P5s and taking up those spots rather than offering to those borderline kids. So yeah, the portal, early signing day, it's a weird circle of life um anyways back to player focus um name a player that you're interested in looking at these next three four some cases five maybe six extraneous cases seven years go ahead Andrew. It's on you. with how minnesota's going right now it might be seven or eight with how everybody's returning um okay I'm going to mess up his name, but player focus for me, anybody who watches go for football wants more speed. Our receivers, much as we love them, uh, they're not game-breaking speedsters. We want somebody who can stretch the field. Maverick Baranowski, okay? Hope I said his name right. Three-star from Florida, originally uh, committed to Air Force, I want to say, and apparently he had a visit last week uh, for – for a little bit of context, if he's from Florida, last week we had about a foot of snow on the ground. So that's a, that's a, it's a little bit of a, a culture change. But apparently it was a great fit, and PJ got the deal done. And 
going to be nice to see some speed on that offense for once. Go. Lauren, what about you? All right. So I'm going to head to the Big 12 over here. Super shocking. Um, honestly, my favorite Texas high school quarterback this year. Um, I'll keep it, you know, in the state that way. It's going to be Garrett Rangel, a quarterback out of Frisco, Lone Star. He's committed to Oklahoma State. Very talented kid. I had the pleasure of watching him play in high school a couple times. Great head on his shoulders. He's got a killer arm incredible mindset towards the game. Um, I'm really hoping Mike Gundy can, you know, fine tune him a little bit and get him out of Stillwater in three years. Um, I definitely think, I mean, he's definitely going to be the person that everyone's going, who is this kid? And suddenly he's dropping, you know, 400 yards on someone. Um, Definitely very impressive quarterback, four-star recruit. Um, I Actually, I'm in front of me, it says he's three on this, but I'm going to call him a four-star. There you go. But definitely a talented kid, has a lot of potential already, um, just strong, and will continue to develop that hopefully there. Um, rest in peace, Spencer Sanders, and give him some playing time. Yeah, no, Spencer Sanders. All right, so let's, let me sidebar real quick before I get into my player focus. That was arguably the worst quarterback performance I've seen in the conference championship game. Like, oh, my goodness. Like, I don't even know what to say. Like, Anthony Brown tried anyway. his hardest. Anthony Brown tried his hardest that same night, but yeah. I mean, the day before, but Spencer, oh my goodness. But any, any of us out there, we might not throw four picks. Probably don't throw the ball four times, but we don't throw four picks. I don't know. We run a straight wildcat when I'm out there. Oh yeah. Just, just put me out wide. I'll, I'll pull the Jay Cutler run. I'm just standing there. Yeah, but. M so, welcome to Garrett Rangel era at Oklahoma State. <laughs> Is that they wasted an all-time great defense on that quarterback? I'm sorry, Spencer Sanders, but I did say from the jump that Oklahoma State was their offense was not good enough, and I called it. It's one of my few victories on here. Not as bad as the Oregon loss when I said Ohio State would play their bench in the second half against them, but. That take was, the wins and the losses. That was a little unfortunate, but we, yeah. we take I our did wins. Call. Exactly. Like, I did call Utah State winning the Mountain West, at least their division, not the overall conference stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, we all have our losses. I said I, I said Georgia was going to slaughter Bama, but I also did predict the Dan Mullen firing, so I'll take that. That is true. That is true. I'll give you that. Lauren, you got any sort of about special that, victories that you yes. – Dark day in Georgia State. Any sort of special um, victories you want to claim? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did good. have an inkling that Zach Calzada was going to enter the portal. Broke my heart, but um, saw it coming. Didn't want to talk about it. I did cry on the couch. Um, but that, that'll be my little victory. That wasn't really a victory, but you know what? It's okay. We signed a five-star today. There you go. Why point the tear with them stars? Exactly. <laughs> That's how we do it. Yeah. Um, so getting back somewhat on track here. My big uh, recruit focus is actually the tandem because they're coming together for Missouri. Luther Bolden and Sam Horn. Uh, that tandem should be the future for Missouri in the next three years. 
not expecting them to run rough shot on the SEC, but when you have the probably the best receiver in the country staying home and you get a four star from Georgia to be your quarterback, like I'm expected things. And Drinkwitz is a pretty decent uh, play caller, offensive design uh, player, um, coach. I mean, so they should do really well. Like I'm curious how to see how they stack up against, because say what you want about the SEC East, but it's getting tougher. I mean, Florida is going to be rebuilding for like the next year or two. But Tennessee kept Hendon Hooker, and they recruited fairly well. Uh, South Carolina was miles better than anybody expected. Kentucky's pretty solid team, great team. And then now you have Missouri. Like So second place is clearly up for the grabs right now. I can see Luther and Sam be the next McCarran and Amari. So that could happen. Not against us, though. No chance, but could happen but what do i know what do i know what so, you must know exactly exactly yep moving on we got bowl games thank god bowl games we're here because we had fcs playoffs in army navy <laughs> while fcs is over fcs fandom is fun to watch we love watching two six and six teams battle it out for a third tier bowl. Yes, we it do. is. Third is generous. Yeah, yeah. Tail is old as tradition. So we actually have bowl games. Oh yeah, yeah. No, nothing says bowl games like teams playing in Mobile, Alabama. So. Or the Bahamas. Yeah. Speaking of the Bahamas. Yeah, not duality. Speaking of Bahamas, that's actually our first bowl game of bowl season. We have Toledo versus Middle Tennessee State. It's just the way God intended. Damn shame it's not sponsored by Popeyes anymore. I heard something uh, in a Twitter space. By the way, beautiful system Twitter. Uh, I heard something in a Twitter space that the Bahamas doesn't have a Popeyes. They don't. They had to build the Popeyes on site whenever they had the bowl. You know what? Even better. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> that that I don't even know what to say. That just sounds cool. Yeah, no, it's a it's an art form. Like the wackiness about bowls makes it work. Like Fiesta should always have Tostitos. Yeah, that man. is the way of life. But nope, no Popeyes. And it actually hurts. So we got Toledo, Middle Tennessee State. Any thoughts on that matchup? You're going to watch, of course, because it's Friday at noon, Eastern. So, uh, Congrats to the kids for getting out of probably whatever cold weather they'll be in and get to get a free vacation to the Bahamas for going 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a fun little start to it. Look at them in the sunshine. Be happy for them. Hope they make us entertained continue to entertain us. I'm sure they will. There's got to be something fun and funky about it. So remember that Bahamas Bowl a few years ago, Central Michigan and I think Western Kentucky where they had all those laterals? Yeah. Yeah. That's my last memory. Give us something. 
make the Bahamas Bowl rememberable, memorable. There you go, Andrew. English is tough, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't blame you. That was one great class I always get these instead of A's. Not my favorite subject. I hate uh, English. Not fun. Not fun. Imagine if there was a school subject gibberish. We would all ace that. Oh, yeah, no, like, slang needs to be incorporated in English vernacular and vocabulary. Easily. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, since you're a freshman, if you had to take technical writing junior year. I had to take good. it. Yeah, no, it's not fun. Wrecked me. I think, yeah, I took the science version, and it ended up, because I took the one that had, like, the... Because, of course, you know, when you sign up for classes, you have that one website that tells you the easiest and hardest teachers, right? Yes. I've great my seen professor. that website. I've, yeah, never, <laughs> I've never used it because none of my professors were ever on it. Damn. Red flag. Yeah, like my, my freaking, uh, my first year experience professor just wasn't on it. Luckily, she was amazing, but yeah. Thanks, thanks a lot, Rate my professor. Can't find my professor. Yeah, no, right my professor. So I just chose this one class solely for that teacher because the rating was like 4.7 or something like that. And next thing you know, it's a class about like writing like manuals and academic journals and English class. And I did have a business proposal. I am a communication major. Yeah, I love communications. Communication is a fun class, but that actual like Technical writing. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. No. I am so glad that these kids are out of here for don't have to worry about finals or anything like that. They're in the Bahamas and get to enjoy the beautiful, beautiful, wonderful nature of Do you think we get pictures of the teams in Hawaii? Well, they're in the Bahamas, not Hawaii. I was gonna say like some tropical shirts could be fun. Coaches on the Yeah, shop. yeah, no, of yeah. course. Like they're gonna definitely because at least for those kind of bowl games, you can relax because it's clearly an experience bowl game. Like you're not, I mean, yeah, you want to win, but you're in the Bahamas. Like it's not necessarily like a pressure, um, pressure environment. Like I don't think anybody's going to get fired for losing the game in the Bahamas. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, just give me Toledo because this is actually part of my player focus. Bryant Kobeck. Toledo, one of the better running backs in the country. Uh, could run the ball, 12K, oh yeah, 1,200-yard rusher, 15 tutties. Just give me them over perennial 6-6 six and six Middle Tennessee State. And I'm not even going to act like I've watched a lot of Middle Tennessee State. I just know that they're forever 6-6, six and six, and whenever they're 6-6, six and six, I always pick them to go 6-7. and seven. So there we go. Like UConn. Yeah, no, UConn's – I don't even pick the Udon over FCS teams. So I don't think anybody does. Nope. Yeah, no. That's the most memorable thing about Middle Tennessee is they played UConn. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Kyle France USA needs a better TV deal. I don't want to see games on Facebook or Stadium app. Like they have some on uh, CBS Sports Network. But those are like the the top. Yeah, the top ones, but like I don't want to game on Facebook. Facebook watches for like D-level reality shows. It's also for like 
I, I will say, Ball in the Family on Facebook. That oh. was a great show. Oh no, Ball in the Family is an institution. I'll never send a Ball in the Family. <laughs> that like that show is why I love watching like Lamelo and Lonzo, and why I want to get like big baller brand stuff. You're better man than me. I love Lavar. I love them kids. I am not buying big ball bread. Nope, if, if it's I'll not five hundred dollars, yeah, no, I'll wait for that joint to hit Ross for a smooth fifty nine ninety nine. I'll do that, but like spending actual triple digits on that, nope, yeah, not a. Um, That's like supreme price. Exactly. Yeah. So moving forward to from the Bahamas, we are going to the Cura Bowl between Coastal Carolina in Northern Illinois. Thoughts on this surprisingly decent matchup for given times for the Mac and December. So I kind of, I kind of like, oh, sorry. Well, you go. Um, I kind of like the bowl. I mean, I think everyone does. It's you, you see the Mac winner versus coastal who was projected to, you know, be great. They weren't as projected, you know, people were thinking they're, they're going to be a top 20 team as the year ends. They weren't. Uh, but I kind of like Northern Illinois here. I don't know why. I just think Coastal's kind of been a little overrated for the last like year. They were very good last year, but I think since then we've kind of given them the benefit of the doubt when they've had these close games against lesser competitions. Like, oh, it's Coastal. You know, they'll be fine. They got the cool mullets. We got to love the mullets, but, you know, sometimes mullets don't help you win football games. As crazy as that seems to the people in Myrtle Beach. Uh, it doesn't really help, but I, I kind of like Northern that Illinois. Enough, sounds so like a quarterback that just transferred to Texas, but neither here nor there. Oh yeah, um, it, it helps you with NIL deals. It, does. it doesn't help you throw touchdowns. I feel Sorry. like I should say in this moment that I picked Coastal because I think they're so fun and funny, and I did not pick them based on football whatsoever. I was like. They crack me up every time I watch one of their games. Someone's always doing something silly, and they always have a mullet, and that is why I pick Coastal in this game. There was That's not a bad reason. It's totally. There are no bad reasons to pick anybody in any game unless you're picking Georgia against Alabama, but that's neither here nor there. I'm sorry, okay? No, no, it's not. I'm not even getting on you. I We all should have known better. Kirby just doesn't I, know what the quarterback is. It wasn't very but, Kirby smart of me. I hate you for that. <laughs> but uh, back to the Cure Bowl. Give me Coastal, mainly because I trust their defense more than I do Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is good, but Rocky Lombardi's come a long way, but it's also Rocky Lombardi. So give me Coastal off the sheer strength of that defense. I think if they make Northern Illinois throw more, it's I don't think it'll get ugly. It'll be a close game, but I do think Coastal will pull it out. Actually, crap. Now, I have a bet slip here. I picked Coastal to cover the spread, so Coastal should win the blowout. No, Coastal so, by uh, 27. 37-10. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the spread was 10 points, so I didn't even know yeah. what by 10 at least. So, I feel like that's a will be high. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Vegas is going to Vegas. Vegas is going to Vegas. Yeah, no, I'm actually kind of on a hot streak with college football because I actually hit on FCS slash Army-Navy parlay. So, 
beautiful. Army Navy, I thought that was the easiest game to bet this year. Navy to cover seven and a half because they play the exact same football and the under because it hasn't hit since like or the over hasn't hit since like 05. Yeah, I put the under. I was sweating for a bit when they were driving late, but oh yeah, they scored like 17 points in the first quarter. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, that was crazy. But um, yeah, no. Need northern, I mean, I need coastal to cover so I can win. Yep, so I can win like some money. So moving forward, we got prime time. Deion Sanders, Jackson State versus South Carolina State in the Celebration Bowl. I'll be honest, I have seen zero South Carolina State. Jackson State is going to win off my lack of knowledge. I apologize, South Carolina State. I should watch out more, but that's on me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to second that there. Um, I think Jackson State, too. I saw some clips of them head to some bowl practices and stuff. They looked like they are ready to get to work here, uh, celebrate themselves after, and get that bowl game win. There we go. Yeah, I I won't I won't act like I've watched a ton of FCS outside of like the Big Sky, but yeah, Jackson State probably wins the blowout. All right, we are all in agreement. All right, so that was quick. Beautiful. Next up, Boca Raton. Appalachian State, Western Kentucky. Two very entertaining teams. Have friend of the program here, Cam Peoples and Bailey Zappi. So, what you got? What are you watching? Dover's obviously. I'm going App State in this one. I I love watching their games, and I just decided, you know what? I want them to finish out the season well. Um, I think that'll kind of push them to, in a season they expect to do better than what they have, um, that finishing out with a bowl win. Yeah, it's kind of a conflict of interests for us. We've interviewed uh, players for both teams, very, very great interviews. Kind of scared to pick this game. Because uh, I, I love Western Kentucky's offense, but they're not going to have Zach Kitley. I don't know about anybody else on, like, Western Kentucky's offense if they're, like, just not going to play. Like, I would assume Zappy plays. I would assume Stearns plays. I'll probably take Western Kentucky. Uh, but if App State wins, I wouldn't be surprised, and I'd still be happy for them. We straddle offense right there, buddy. Um, yeah, so I bet the over on this, and the over's going to hit. So – over 68, yeah, so it's going to hit. Um, so I am picking kind of my head, give me Western Kentucky. I just love the offense that they have. App State's probably the more solid defensive team, but in general, just give me Western Kentucky. Just so beautiful to watch. Also, the same time, the way they played in conference, uh, USA Championship game kind of even though it wasn't the best way to close out a season, like they were still pretty, pretty good to watch too. So give me that. Boca Raton. All right, moving down. Roofclaim.com. What a freaking bowl name. Wait, what was the bowl name again? Roofclaim.com. Oh boy. That's, I feel like that was an Andrews article. It, it probably was. To be fair, it's not even the second worst bowl name of that day yeah no i'm assuming the one we're gonna no 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 because i'm gonna talk about an entry bowl the next but it's not that one actually let's go to the pubg new mexico that's what i'm talking about pubg there mobile. We go. why the heck did pubg mobile buy a bowl game right yeah all time bad just 
please, please vet your bowl game sponsors. This this is this is egregious. Like, yeah. like it doesn't work. It's not cheesy enough to work like Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, that it works. The, it's a perfect amount of cheesiness. There's an art of cheesiness, and then there's an the art of because that's cheesy corny, and then there's cheesy bad, and then they're flat out bad. This is flat out bad. And then there's just cheesy cheesy with the cheesy bowl. I hate you again. I'm on a roll today. You got to give me that one. Fine. But, um, yeah, the PBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl between UTEP and Fresno State. What you got, folks? Uh, Is it confirmed if Hainer's playing? I don't know. It's... That's the thing that makes this difficult. We don't know if Hayner's starting. And if Hayner's not starting, we're taking UTEP. If Hayner's starting, we're taking Fresno. I I was going to take UTEP either. I mean, I was taking Fresno either way. I actually have no money on this, but I should have money on it. But, um, yeah, I was taking Fresno. Um, They're just good. It's a good team. And even though I had coach left. Ah, crap, I just realized I had coach left. Oh, fuck what? it. Still Fresno State. Their head coach left, remember? Yeah. You well, I, yeah. I thought you were talking about his name. But. No, no. I just realized. Because I wasn't thinking about it until I realized because some of these coaches' moves have happened already. Yeah. So it's like that didn't process in my head. You went from but a yeah, just bowling get... team to a non-bowling team. Yeah, but UW has resources. Yeah, it's UW. It's UW. Like, it's... UW couldn't take many dubs. Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. The Pac-12 North, honestly, the whole Pac-12 is pretty open next year. Like, I don't think Lincoln Riley is going to be the first one to actually. I don't think year one is going to be that year for him. Year two definitely, but year one not. But um, yeah, Pac-12 is wide open. So like, with a lot of transfers, a lot of prayer, some regression from Oregon State. Good night. No, I expect it. I mean, it's, it could happen. It could happen. But, um, yeah, just give me Fresno State. There's literally no rhyme or reason. I trust their skill players more. And I'm happy for UTEP. They were arguably one of the worst programs out there in El Paso. By the way, gorgeous scenery from that stadium in UTEP. Whenever you guys watch the Sun Bowl, just watch that. Just look at the stadium. Look at the aerial view. Beautiful. And that's probably the beginning and end of what I have for UTEP. So, I'm going with UTEP in this one. I feel like one of the Texas system schools should win a bowl game. So I think it would be beautiful if they did finish out that season, like you said, from being so bad to in a bowl game. They deserve it. Oh, yeah. And then, Andrew, you already said yours. All right. So moving to really, you said um, if. If Hanger uh, plays, I'm, I'm taking Fresno. If he doesn't play, I'm taking UTEP. Exactly. So, but I, I also kind of just want UTEP to win because I love Aaron Jones, and that would make it no longer just Aaron Jones University and Alvin Jones. But yeah, there you go. All right, moving on from a bowl with a really bad name to a bowl with a really bad name, Lenny Tree Bowl, Eastern Michigan versus Liberty. As always, I am on the anti-Liberty train, even though Liberty might have the better talent, better team. Eastern Michigan off principle. No, I've, I've said this once. I love using this pun when I'm picking this team. Give me liberty or give me death. 
you know you are arguably the worst person on this recording right now. Arguably? Yeah, no, undisputed. I'm sorry. Undisputed. Gotta love that. I don't have a pun to tell you that I'm picking Liberty too, but thank you. Um, I just think you know they they just we all no one understands why they're impressive, but they're impressive, and that's really all I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, if Liberty had a better offensive line, this game would be cool, but. Yeah. Wish they, yeah. Wish they would protect Malik, but yeah, the offensive line was granted they were it's Ole Miss and it's obviously a skilled up, but they got mauled. It's it's Ole Miss, but I don't care who you're playing. If you're an FBS team, you should never give up nine sacks to anybody. It reminds me, I'm not sure whether you guys were like old enough, but you remember Hackenberg's lines during the Penn State when he was at Penn State and how yeah, Martin might be a little too young, but anyway. So Hackenberg, one of the guys at Penn State. Oh, Hackenberg, yeah. Yeah. So that offensive line was arguably the worst offensive line I've ever seen. An offensive line across all levels. They were getting blown up by Temple. This wasn't even Temple in the AAC. This was like Mac Temple. Yeah, it was bad, but. Yeah, so the offensive line for Liberty is really bad. Got blown up a lot. I wish nothing but the worst for that university, but those kids, I do feel I feel bad for them. Hopefully, days of transport will leave. But that's neither here nor there. I Moving on. Yeah, neither it's here nor It's too weird. That's all. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> okay. Um, here we go. What we got next? We got the Independence Bowl between UAB and BYU. Uh, BYU for me, for the most part, I feel like UAB has hit a wall as a program personally. Like they're the B. All right, so let me backtrack a little bit. UAB is one of the teams that's going to America, correct? Honestly, cannot remember that was so long ago that that was that announced. Let me find my phone and. Yeah. All right. Because I'm also on my laptop. We're on my laptops here. UAB. American. My phone. Gosh darn it. Okay. UAB is one of the teams that went to America. Okay. So I feel like UAB, at least under this current Conference USA setup, has hit their ceiling. In Conference USA 2.0 and the AAC, there might be room for them to grow a little bit, but right now they've hit their ceiling. BYU is just a better team overall. Just a lot more talent there um just give me byu i got the one i on byu too so um yeah but at least some of these picks are definitely gambling influenced not like i'm biased here so hit that I byu also... you made a good one so yes go learn byu is my pick as well gotcha there we go Final words, or we're just moving. Does anybody care about this game besides like BYU fans and watching Tyler Algier? Just Independence is in Shreveport, right? It, it's in Shreveport. Official bowl game of the Sickos Committee. I cannot wait to watch the commentary of BYU fans in Shreveport. 
that's what I'm most excited about this game, if I'm being really honest. I want to know, like, how did they walk to the stadium? What did they walk past? I went to Shreveport over the summer, and let me tell you, I cannot imagine being a BYU fan walking through there. How is it, by the way? Like, I've only been to New Orleans. By the way, amazing food city. Like, top. Yeah, top one food city I've been to. But how's Shreveport, by the way? So I've never been to New Orleans, um, but Shreveport was, it was a time. Um, I went with my family. We just kind of literally made, I was like, let's go to Louisiana. So we did. Um, <laughs> it was interesting. It was, I had to say this was a lot safer than I thought it would be. I thought I'd be more scared than I was, um, but it was fun. We had delicious food there. Um, I went to the Bass Pro Shop in there. Super fun. Highly recommend to BYU fans um yeah it was a fun city i mean you got that dynamic of most louisiana large cities but it was fun i didn't hate it would go back would return not for this game maybe but like i would return (laughs) there you go all right so let me sidebar real quick before we move on to our next one like what was the like so out of all the bowl cities that have bowls like what's the worst city to have one in terms of like opinion or like you've been to or anything okay so i think the answer here is el paso because other school which like yes the stadium's pretty right there is a bowl game in el paso yeah Yeah, some bowls bowls, like one of the oldest ones wazoo miami but like what is there fun to do in el paso they take your passports away (laughs) yeah like do they like I know, I remember like the Belt Bowl used to take the guys on like shopping sprees and all this. But like, do you go on a shopping spree in El Paso? I don't think so. Oh, gift suites. Let me search uh, bowl game rewards. Searching there right now because you'll see rundown of bowl player gifts. Here we go. Twenty nineteen because twenty twenty the bowls were a lot of them were canceled. So. Uh, Sun Bowl, there's a watch, a backpack, a hairdryer, a fleece pullover, and a cap. Yeah, see, like, this is not very El Paso. I think the cool bowls are the one where you, like, embrace the city a little bit um, and just kind of live it up like that. For example, when A&M went and played in the Orange Bowl um, in Miami, like, that that was fun. They embraced Miami. They embraced, you know, all this stuff. But like, a hair dryer is not embracing El Paso, Texas. Yeah, I'm sure those 20 year old, on average age boys, loved that hair dryer. They probably flip it. Flip because like that's the- probably because you make money oh. off of it. So I thought you, oh, meant, well, I thought I- you meant flip it like. Yes, I was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Andrew, I'm glad you're on the same level there. Yeah, I I, I thought you would have just said sell. Maybe but... a Christmas present to mom. Like, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But, yeah, those poor boys. I stand by that statement even stronger after that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about you, Andrew? Like, what's the worst city that here's, you think of? Here's the problem with living in the Midwest. A lot of the stadiums are open, and it's snowy in bowl season. So there's not many places that have bowls. The only place that I've been to that has a bowl game 
uh, I want to say as I'm scrolling down the page, yes, is Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, of course, that's where the national championship is. Indianapolis is not a very, I mean, when I went there when I was like 14, uh, it's not the most amazing place, but it's also not bad. So I can't really give a take on this. If I had to guess, I'd probably guess like El Paso or, I mean, I've never been to New York City. I've never been to Ford Field for the Quickling Bowl. How have you never been to New York? I feel like everybody's been to New York. It's like a rent of. No, the Damn. the furthest east I've ever been is Columbus. Oh my gosh, I don't oh, like y'all Midwest Midwest. I mean, to be fair, I did just go to California for the last time, like for the first time, like two years ago. Okay, there you go. To be fair, I'm saying to be fair a lot. It wasn't even Cali; it was NorCal, so it wasn't even. That's like, fine. I, I've been told that's essentially South Oregon. Yep. Anything north of. Actually, yeah, anything north of Sacramento. Actually, I'll include Sacramento. But yeah. It was in Sacramento, so. Yeah, it's Southern Oregon, basically. Yeah, well. So funny. Yeah. Is there a uh, game in uh, Niner Stadium in Santa Clara? Levi's, I think they, did they cancel Foster Farms or? I don't think there's a Foster Farms. Yeah, because let me check. California, Cal, do, do, do. Yeah, no, there is. Three games. There's Inglewood, SoFi, San Diego, and Pasadena. Yeah. So, yeah, no, there's no Levi's game this year. I will Uh, say, heard from a family friend, Petco Park, very nice. That's all I Petco Park is gorgeous. Um, So, I will give a shout out, at least for me. I'll say, I'll do stadium and city. Stadium, I'll give it to Hawaii because they're playing in a because you saw hawaii home games this year basically like because you know aloha stadiums being was condemned and they had to tear it down and basically build a new stadium right so they're playing at a smaller complex and even though it is hawaii they're it's it's small it's not really i mean they're trying their best but no also, sidetrack. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. They're playing on Christmas. Yeah. Why, why, why are we forcing kids to play on Christmas? Actually, they're not playing. They're playing Christmas Eve. There's a different mode of playing on Christmas, though. Well, that's Christmas Eve. Uh, the Tax Act Camellia Bowl is on Christmas Day. Yeah, that's really bad. The, the Ball State, Georgia State. <laughs> that's just nasty. And I'm, and I'm going to write about that bowl. Yeah, I don't know why you picked that one. Uh, it was literally the only bowl that no one drafted, and I was like, you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I was actually pretty lucky with my picks. Everybody... I was lucky, too, because I got Tennessee-Purdue in the first round. I got the Holiday Bowl. I'll take that. Um, oh, yeah, so that's the worst stadium. And then worst city, for me, I don't like bowl games on college campuses. It's I like it to be like a true like neutral. The Hawaii Bowl is different because that's literally the only stadium in Hawaii that could make it work. But and then Boise is unique because it's potatoes. But I don't like the Armed Forces Bowl in TCU. I like it in Fort Worth. I don't like it um, bowl games. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. I don't like it there in South Carolina. Don't like it there. I don't like bowl games in these great uh, stadiums. It's just oh yeah, and then also. Games in baseball stadiums. 
I think it's so fun. It looks fun, but it's just okay. I'll limit it to this. No, you guys. Wrigley, Wrigley, no, Wrigley. Just they tried too hard. It's it's a weird fit. Fenway actually looks pretty decent, so I'll give them that. And then Yankee, I've never been a fan of. I was literally going to talk about the game at uh, Wrigley. That game. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, the game at Wrigley between Northwestern and Purdue, I want to say it was, that game looked ugly. Like, I I didn't get to, like, watch the full game. That game looked ugh. Like, there's just football stadiums on Wrigley Field. I'm so used to seeing Wrigley as a baseball field where the lovable losers used to play. Now they're just the Cubs. Uh, I don't like it. it. It would be like... And I'm going to relate this back to me because I've been to this park. If if there was a football game at Target Field, which 100% wouldn't work because 95% of the fans aren't even on like field level, that would just suck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not pretty. It's not pretty. Um, yeah, so got that sidebar out of the way. Um, moving forward to this Brandon Bowl. The Los Angeles Bowl between Oregon State and Utah State. Thoughts on this very interesting matchup, actually. Do we even have to talk about the the sponsor of the bowl? Yeah, we're kind of required to. This is the game I was saying this this bowl game really gets me. The name or the uh, the game, yeah. Kimmel. Like, can you at least call it the Jimmy, like late night with Jimmy Kimmel or whatever the heck his show is called, and not, not just your name? Like, do like Honestly, the late night with Jimmy Kimmel or something, and then have it at like 10 at night. It, it's so self obsessed. I'm like, man, if you were to say, here's the Lauren Morble, like, no, the Lauren Morble of Houston, like, that's, that's what this is. <laughs> it's a great flex, but I 100% agree. But it's Kimmel. I don't hold any ill will feelings towards him. Um, I actually do admire that. Like, if I had that kind of money, of course I'm going to get a bull name after me. Of course I would, but... I yeah, mean, it's like... And he also got I it at SoFi. I hate it until I do it, so... Yeah, it's 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 okay if if I do it, but everyone else, no. You don't, you don't get it. Exactly. But um, as for the game itself, um, I um, I think that Oregon State will win. Actually, give me Utah State because the way they just dominated San Diego State in the Mountain uh, West Championship game was just I don't believe it. I'm a big believer in Utah State. I'm a big believer in Blake Anderson. They played pretty well. They played miles better than what anybody expected them to be. They'll continue to be punching above their weight. So give me Utah State. Same here. Love Utah State in this game. My when we were doing the pod with Nicole Auerbach for the conference championships, I I want to say I was the only one to pick Utah State. I think Liam might have actually. But Utah State has been such a great story this year. I love one of their wide receivers, Devin Tompkins. He's so slippery in the open field. I'm looking for him to get a, a big play against the Beavers at SoFi Stadium. Still weird to say that there's a bulk in SoFi Stadium. I'm just curious how the art works out because, like, I love field art and how the field's designed. 
just makes. What is the part. logo for that game? Did Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, let me Oh, that is disgusting. Oh no, that that should be illegal. Why is there a upside down Nike swoosh on it? Yeah, that kills it. Honestly, if he just put his face on the actual field, then it'd be kind of funny. Yeah. And then someone does a celebration on it after getting a first down. That'd yeah. be cool. Great content. Great content. But yeah. And then our final bowl game of the night the New Orleans Bowl between Marshall and Louisiana. Shout out to both the Sun Belt and the future Sun Belt because Marshall's moving. So it's beautiful. Uh, thoughts on this matchup? Thoughts who's going to win? Anything that piques your eye? I'm going with Louisiana on this one. I think Marshall's such a cool program, but I'm picking Louisiana. Yeah, I'm going with Louisiana. Playing near home is going to be a factor for him. Marshall, I don't know what it is with Marshall. Actually, no, it's first year on your coach, so I'm not going to say anything because I can't really read trends and patterns. So, yeah, no, give me Louisiana. I think it'll be close. I think most of these games will be close outside of UAB, BYU, and Coastal. But, yeah, all these games should be close. It should be a fun one. Um. Yeah. So before we go, we do have a player focus for these bowl games. I already mentioned mine. Brian Kobach from Toledo should be able to run all over Middle Tennessee State. Uh, I'll go with Lauren. Who's your player to look out for for these early polls? Okay, I just erased his name accidentally. This is the most embarrassing moment of my entire life because I'm blanking on his name now. It's a Utah running back. Uh, Utah State running back, or? No, the UTEP. My brain, y'all, oh, just went. Oh. I can't I remember either. Well, Hold on. I'm, I, I'm checking real quick. Why did I just lose it? That's what I want to know. What just happened? Happens. How did I just lose this in the worst time? It happens to all of us. Don't worry about it. Ronald or what? Or... Yeah. How do you say his last name? Hey, well, I am no, not I... the person to ask. He, he's, he's their leading rusher. I, I'm assuming that's who you put. I The worst part is I have no recollection. Um, but yes, I'm just going to stand by that and say yes. Sure. You tap right back. There we go. All right. You want me to go next, Doug? Of course. All right. Um, I'm going to go with the absolute most chalk pick of, of this slate. Malik Willis. I want to see him show out against Eastern Michigan. He he had a weird year, but just to say the least, he was projected to be a top quarterback taken in this year's draft. He still is, but uh, just the performance this year of his team around him himself been a little weird. I want to see him have one of those highlight real days against Eastern Michigan. You know, it's not Ole Miss. You should be able to do something. And I will say, he is playing at the same stadium that he will pre- be performing in in early February when he's going to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. So maybe he has a little bit of magic in that stadium. 
hopefully we can be at that stadium covering this Super Bowl. I, I so, would love to. That'd be great. It'd be great. And they can definitely block better for him than Liberty blocks for Willis himself. So yeah, whatever he would get on Liberty is definitely not as good as Daniel Falele. Exactly. So anybody, any last words before we sign off on the signing day? Any commitments that came in late? Any other disappointments that Texas A&M took from Georgia, Lauren? Or? No, I don't think so. I think y'all are in the clear now. Okay. Okay. I saw uh, y'all got Marvin Jones Jr. I like that. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, I'll take top three recruiting class. That's great. Uh, my main focus now is to beat Michigan. And if we do beat Michigan, my focus is to lock Kirby up in the room and let Munkin actually call the offense once. But that's beside the point, and I really – don't want to rant about Georgia at this point because if I do, this pod will never, never end. So, I'm stuck uh, in that room with Kirby. We'll be locked in there with him. Yeah. So, one last thing before we go because I'm not sure when all of us are going to be here again. Um, any other bowl games that you're looking forward to? Just one. So that way the viewers know that we are actually looking forward to more than the bowls this week. So, um, yes, I I don't know if I've ever shared this with the crowd here. I'm a big Graham Mertz fan, and I'm really excited to see how he's going to. That I is know, nasty. That is I know, nasty. I do have a t-shirt with his face on it. <laughs> but, oh, my God. <laughs> but I'm really no. looking forward to him, um, hopefully torching Arizona a little bit. Yep. I think I really shocked y'all with that one. But, yes, Wisconsin-Arizona State is one I'm highly anticipating. Out of any and every single person that could throw a football, he's one of my. I just love to watch him. Can you even do that? Yes, he can. I watched him. I watched him. I, I watched him a few weeks ago. He couldn't. Were you watching Sorry, 2020 highlights? 2020 highlights. Because of course, whatever your favorite ones, you go and watch the highlights that they were the best in. Okay, so I'm glad that. You avoided Wisconsin 2021. That's great. Preserve that exactly. image for you. What is that? What? Wisconsin 2021. I'm saying I'm glad you avoided that game tape because it's not pretty. Um, yep. So, Andrew, what about you? I'm still kind of in shock. Yeah, I mean, no. We got to take a moment of silence. Shout out Justin Wally. If you know, you know. Um, yeah, I mean... Obviously, I, I want to watch the guaranteed rate bowl with Minnesota, but I think an intriguing matchup is between Virginia and SMU in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. I didn't I don't know if Wasabi's a brand or if it's just like the the, the food. At at Fenway. It's horseradish. Too. It's horseradish. That's literally what it is. Wasabi horseradish. Aren't those two completely different things? No, US wasabi is horseradish. I'm confused because um, wasabi is made out of peas, isn't it? Like wasabi peas? No, wait. The, no, the, that's wasabi covered peas. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a cook. Yeah, no. Wasabi, horseradish, and wasabi, a.k.a. Japanese horseradish, are in the same family. A.k.a. a bull name game. Exactly. Name. So they're the same exact thing. Right. I don't know. 
Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm intrigued by that matchup. I, I think it's going to be two explosive offenses. I want to see if SMU keeps some of the talents to play in this game. I love Reggie Roberson as a wide receiver. I want to see him play in his final collegiate game before he goes to Mobile, as does every senior. And the game's at Fenway, so we'll get to see the Green Monster for the first time since Boston lost. Yeah. There we go. Uh, for me, I will go with the Holiday Bowl. I know this totally goes against my whole rant about football games being played at baseball stadiums because this game is being played at Petco, but these teams are actually fun. NC State, pretty fun offense. Devin Leary, Devin Thomas, the fun offense. And then UCLA, DTR, Zach Charbonnet, Greg Dulcich. Like, it should be a fun time. I always say um, NC State's always good for four losses a year. Hopefully I'm right, because if not, I got to eat a lot of crow. Don't want that. Shout out North Carolina for somehow blowing a 13-point lead in 30 seconds uh, during Robert Week. But, you know, fun game. Definitely intrigued for that. Um, Any last words from everybody before we sign off? Happy signing day, really. Um, Congratulations to everyone who signed today. Can't wait to watch them this upcoming fall. Um, That's really just been the vibes of today. Happy Wednesday. Andrew, you? Laura kind of got it with the the signing day. Uh, Let's enjoy these bowl games. You may not think they're the best, but it's college football. We haven't had college football in a little bit, uh, like a week. But you know what? Let's enjoy these. Enjoy while we got it. Both hit the nail on the head. Room for all these kids to do well at these schools. And if you aren't happy at your school, the portal is always there for you. And then these bowl games – are always there for you too. Unless it's the fans. Now, see, I don't respect that. Okay, so so I can't just like enter. I mean, I never would, but I could just enter the portal and go to Bama. See, I can't respect that. Like, (laughs) what about Georgia? Got to be. You are not. We'll talk. That transfer is what he said. Exactly. But the whole concept. About transfer for fans. So your school either has to be going down a division, sanctions, hire somebody as bad as Rod Carey. There's certain frameworks that we can work on for that to be allowed. But a one-time blanket waiver like the NCAA does now, never happening. Mm-mm. Nope. Not allowed it. Not in this book. So yeah, but sorry, sidetracked. <laughs> but um, happy for these kids, happy for everybody, whether they're committing, signing, playing in these bowl games. And if you're doing none of the above, you got time off. So enjoy that while you can. Trainer, yeah, if you're not doing anything right now, get with the trainer, your team might need it. Yeah, that too. But like, it's the holidays, you got you got rest a little bit. Sure, you might have gone four and eight this year, but like it's Christmas around the corner. So enjoy it because four and eight probably will be around the corner next year, too. So it's not you, Nebraska. Yeah, no, Nebraska. I still can't explain them at all either. They're just a weird conundrum. But yeah, let me not go on because I already went on three different tangents before 
Oh, I'll this go on even four tangents about Nebraska, especially Scott Frost. That bum kept me out of Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then again, you guys did lose to Purdue. No, we didn't. Oh crap! That was we lost to Illinois. There. Illinois, that's what it was. Yeah. Got my schools mixed up. Yeah, no, Illinois is also a weird one. But Illinois also beat Penn State. Yeah, but that was Penn State with uh, not healthy Clifford, and it's also those janky overtime rules. That was the just most disgusting game ever. Not in, was it nine overtimes. Yep, twenty eighteen. Gosh, I I want to just get a new overtime rule. That one sucks. See, Lauren, this is all your fault. I'm so if, sorry. All you had to do was beat them in regulation. We did not. We said his Kellen Mond's knee is not down. And let's just keep it going with a Gatorade soaked Cocho forever. Yeah, but no, then again, that 2019 LSU would have never happened if the game didn't go like that. And yeah, that's just not trying to rewrite history here. Um, in that case, everybody, signing off here. We'll see you again, whether it's an interview, player interview, a person interview, or it's just us shooting the breeze. So this is Doug signing off. Yeah, we got so much content. Also, check up on our website, too. We have a plug recently because Andrew actually released an article. No, it's a video. Uh, both. Both. Exactly. Oh, your mock draft just came out. That's what it was. Mock draft with Liam and Eric Edelm of Yahoo Sports. Exactly. We got the plug in. So there you go. Just look at that. Actually, let me look at it right now because I can live react and yell at you. Okay. Well, you also have to remember, uh, look at the right when there's teams because it'll say who who made the pick. And one of the picks I completely freaking disagree with. It, it was one of Liam's, but... Okay. Eric, good choice. Sauce, good choice. Jameson. Okay, I can leave. I can I can do Oh, you're that. looking at the Eagles picks. I'm looking at the Eagles picks. Yes. I mean, granted, we need a quarterback, but um that's beside the point. That but is yeah, the point. that is beside the point because I am that, not, that's I, an amazing three picks for them. I love it. I love this draft. Karloff the sauce draft. and uh Jameson. Oh yeah. Yeah, get that Alabama so, offense. Yep. So everybody, look at this draft. It's great. Andrew Stir with the sleeveless hoodie. Worry about him sometimes. But hey, I don't wear I don't wear that in public anymore. Oh, right. I do. That's a lie. It's it's also like negative 20 on some days. So it's like I don't know. Yeah. So all right, everybody. Signing off. If we don't see you again, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays in general. Uh, we will see you at some point during bowl season. Uh, follow Lauren, follow me, follow Andrew, follow T Portal CFB, follow No Context College Football, follow everybody except Florida. So enjoy. Talk to y'all.